You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Today on With the First Pick, it's a live mock draft show. We're going to go through the top 18 picks for those 18 NFL teams that find themselves out of the old playoffs. I'm Ryan Wilson. I'm joined by Emery Hunt. Here's the deal. Since Emery is our guest, he'll get the first pick, and we'll alternate after that all the way through 18. And because it always makes things more interesting, trades are on the table, by the way. And this is usually Rick Spielman's job, Emery, but he's, he's in quarantine for a tiny bit while he works on his side, side job with the Commanders. Uh, I usually announces this. So as you can see in the background here with this high budget sign, how many days until the NFL draft? 105 days before April, whatever that is, NFL's draft. April 25th. Thank you very much. That tells you how valuable Rick is. He gets to read a number off a board and his batting average is about 83%. So you did, you did pretty good. You're batting 100. Uh, and in case you missed it, um, Rick is, uh, as I mentioned, doing the, the podcast, uh, doing the, the commanders thing, the search committee stuff. So he'll be back next week. We'll have him on the podcast for that. And it'll be a little hit or miss until he uh, decides on who the coach is going to be in, in Washington. What if, and then we'll go what if it's you, Ryan? What if he pick you? You know what? I joked. I joked it's going to be like, I don't want to get all political. Back in 2000, I date myself. Uh, George W. Bush asked Dick Cheney to be on the committee to find the vice president. And Dick Cheney said, you know what? I looked through some names. I'm going to do it. That's what Rick might be doing. He might be playing the long game there. Rick's not fooling anybody. We joke with him that he was going to be the charter team. He got angry at us. We had to quit talking about it. Two days later, we find out he's going to search committee with Washington. So we weren't that far off. (laughs) That's right. That's why. All right. So we'll see Rick next week. Godspeed to Rick and to the commander so we can get back to regularly scheduled programming. And uh, before we get going here, my guy Emery, this is his time of year to make the rounds at all the all-star games for the college teams. He's at currently the Hula Bowl. And we're recording this live on Thursday afternoon, noon on Saturday. January 13th on CBS Sports Network. Emory will be covering the Hula Bowl as a sideline reporter. You want to give the people a little hint of what your outfit's going to look like? Because that's that's your claim to fame. Well, listen. Your drip is the kid. Is it called drip? Is that what the kids call it? They call it drip, but I'm not going to be dripped out on the sideline like that because it's, a, it's an all-star game. So I might have the old CBS Sports polo or, oh. from what I heard, they give us Hula Bowl shirts. I was so going to say, yeah. Flying Hawaiian-type shirt. You know what I'm saying? Some Tommy Bahama type shirt. Who knows? But I'm gonna make it fly regardless. Yeah. But that's what you should expect out there on Saturday, noon Eastern time, CBS Sports Network before the playoffs kick off. You might look like Isaac from Lubbo when they made that one stop at the <laughs> at the Hawaiian destination. I'm gonna, sit there, I'm gonna decide whether I'm gonna have like an undershirt or five buttons opened up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, please, Lord. You know saying? Undershirt. <laughs> For love, if you want me to call you back, wear an undershirt. All right, let's do this thing, Emery. Mock draft picks one through 18. You and I have been on the same page about what the Bears should do at the top. I don't know if I'm 100% sold on Justin Fields, but it feels like you are, right? 
Yeah, I am. It's hard to pass up on 6'3", 234, 4-speed. Um, I think people are surprised at how big Justin Fields is, and that's why he's able to break a lot of those physical tackles in the pocket and still keep his eyes downfield. Um, and, and full disclosure, my thing with Fields is the fact that people said, well, you know, at Ohio State, well, he's only good because he has, you know, Chris Olave, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Scary Terry uh, out there, and also not uh, in um, – Wilson, Garrett Wilson. I'm like, well, how about we, you know, recreate that for the Chicago Bears, right? So let's go Marvin Harrison Jr. I love Hold the on trade. Now. Wait a second. I'm just asking you. I'm not I I well, no, I, but I want to I love the trade you brought up. Yeah, so I got I'm I got a trade idea for you. That. Go ahead. I'm sitting there at number five, I number six, excuse me, because I have the even number picks. You have the odd number picks mm-hmm. as the draft order is currently set. I'm the New York Giants. I'm gonna oh. give you the farm. And whatever else you want to move up to number one, I'll give you whatever this we're doing. Excuse me. You were, by the way, if you're listening, we're using the NFL mock draft database mock draft simulator, which is what we used last year when we went through this. So I'm the Giants. I'm going to hit big. Daniel Jones towards ACL. He's still got one more year left on that deal. So even if whoever I'm going to take at number one, and I'll let you know, it ain't going to be Marvin if you're the Chicago Bears. I'm going to go get me a quarterback that I, I love. Now, it's what you have to ask yourself, Mr. Emery Hunt. Yes. Ryan Pohl Jr. Is five too far down for what you might be looking for? Now, you can trade back up. <laughs> we can get crazy. Right, here's the thing. Too bad we can't do players in here as well. because We can. We'll, I'll, we'll just add them in. They don't have, the machine doesn't need to know. I can t- if oh, you yeah. talk. All right, cool. All right, so let's, let's look at this. You got you six and you want to move up to one. Obviously, we're going to swap first. You got to yep. give me your first, your second round pick this year because we don't have one. All right, so you want the second. So uh, the 39th pick, I'm willing to do that. And look, man, I ain't going to mess around. I will throw in a 2025 first rounder. Boom. And I want Uh-oh. Saquon Barkley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Saquon, but I know you're you're a running back at heart. I, yeah, man. Write that into the uh, the what else uh, line under the bottom there, Debo. Debo's working the, the mock draft simulator. Yeah, yeah. Good. All right. All right. So Let's do one. It. Six. One. We'll see if the machine will let us do it. Our second round pick this year, the 39th pick overall, and a 2025 first rounder in, in Saquon. Dino, yeah. let me ask you, how do you feel this trade balances out for both sides? That seems fair. What do the Bears do with Saquon's contract? We have all kind of cap space. You got a ton of money. Yep. So we're going to sign him. And you so got Roshan Johnson. You got look, Khalil. You, here's the thing. You spent you a Saquon. You service both of those guys. He's the most explosive talent. You pair explosive talent with the guy that aids the run game in Justin Fields. Now you're cooking with gas. Back in 2018, I wanted the Browns in the top four to take Saquon number one and Labar number four, and we would have led the league in rushing for a decade. So yeah. I get a chance to re, re, redo this. this. Is your dream come true. Exactly. Let's get Fields. <laughs> let's get Saquon. Let's get that first round pick next year. So we're building around Fields, but we're also adding value with the first pick. So I, I'm comfortable with that. Even though we're giving potentially the number one pick and the number one quarterback to an NFC team, but I like what we're getting in return. And you may, and you can trade up if you want to. You may be in a situation where you miss out on Marvin. There's other receivers in the draft. Oh, there we go. You sound like Tom Pernelli, our guy, cover three, <laughs> who has Roman Dunze as his wide receiver one as we sit here. So, do you think that's pretty fair, Devo? You're okay with that on both sides? The deal is done. The commission has approved it. All right. Obviously, Saquon is is not 
in the Giants' long-term plans, it feels like. So there's no reason that that would prevent this deal from getting done. It is approved. Love it. Man, that's out of left field. You you done broke the the internet with this one with, with our uh, – I'll be interested to see how this goes over <laughs> on the old YouTube. Well, we're still building. We're still building. Now, do you pick for the Giants or do I pick for the Giants? All right. So, Debo, I need you to work on the thumbnail and the headline for this YouTube clip because it's going to be something else, I think. All right. I ain't messing around, man. We saw what Brian Daybolt did with Josh Allen in the Bills. He's now the head coach of the New York Giants. He needs to figure out how to get Wink Martindale back on the plane and get him back from Florida, but that's another conversation. <laughs> Caleb Williams, his dad might be a problem. They said it seemed they seem to indicate during the fall that there are certain teams they may not be willing to play for. His dad mentioned the Arizona Cardinals. There's no bigger market than New York City. We are taking Caleb Williams, and we are going to win some Super Bowls. And my man, even if he doesn't play next year because of uh, Daniel Jones, if we trade Daniel Jones, it does not matter. But this is our dude. He's going to love playing in New York. The fans are going to love him. And I don't care about the off-field stuff. That'll sort itself out. He can ball. All right. I'm on the clock now as the Washington Commanders. We need a coach. need a front office. Some new faces in the front office. need a quarterback. Now, knowing Emory, he would be fine with rolling with Jacoby Brissett one more year. Am I wrong? <laughs> There's some – hey, I'm calling I'm calling America's quarterback, too, Jameis saying, hey, man, would you come lead? Because we may need him in Washington outside of football. You know what I'm saying? He's a great leader, right? So I don't know. I man. spent the last two years trying to figure out what Matt Canada had on Mike Tomlin. <laughs> Jameis Winston must have something on you because I've never seen. I love Jameson, but you love Jameis. All right, so you're okay staying put as the Giants. You're not looking to trade back up. No, at the at the Giants, uh, as, uh, the Bears. Excuse me, Bears, yeah, at six. So right now I'm at six. So I'm cool with that because we got Saquon and we got you know uh, the first for next year, which is always currency, and we regained That's the correct. second round pick. That we gave away for Montez Sweat. Okay, I, I'm. I've said this to Rick several times uh, over the course of the the last month or six weeks. I said, Rick, how crazy is it that Jaden Daniels could end up being quarterback too, and Neil Hammond Haw? Because here's the thing, and here's what I always say: five years from now, it might be the case that Jaden Daniels the best quarterback. We don't know. Like no one knows how this works out. Mm-hmm. I love the idea. The comp is Lamar Jackson for me. Guess what Lamar is about to do? Win his second MVP. And he has changed that office. Now, you got to get the right play caller in there, and that's the, the big caveat. So, Debo, I'm going to throw a little curveball. Not a big one, just a little one. I'm taking Jaden Daniels right here. Love it. I, I love that pick, Ryan. And, and you know why? Because when you think about what he's going to step into, think about those options. I talked about Scary Terry, but the, the Scary Terry is there in Washington. You have other options as well already in tow for him uh, on the perimeter. Again, it's about the play caller, whoever the coach, whoever the GM may be. And, again, the draft is seven rounds. You can still add, and you can still add via free agency. You can bolster the defense. But at least you know offensively you got a quarterback, and he has guys to throw to out there on the perimeter. So it's, and, by I the like way, it. they have pick 36. They have pick 40, which is the Montez Sweat pick. They have pick 67, and then pick 100. They have five picks in the first round. You can turn things around right quick if you get those picks right and get the right coach in there. All right. New England Patriots, also a team in, in need of a coach, and maybe some front office folks will see number three, and they desperately need a quarterback. Uh, what are you going to do here, Emory? Listen. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Drake May is not my QB3. Oh, boy. In this draft. But I'm Emory, not going to blow off, up. off the rails here. Here we go. I'm not going to blow up the internet just, net, just yet. You know what I'm saying? I know everyone's looking for a quarterback, and I, I do feel like, 
this dude is good enough to to help you know this team. And this is a, it's a, obviously they need everything offensively in New England, right? Yep. So you can go either way. But quarterback to me is the biggest one. He's not my QB three, but I can see them someone in New England saying that this guy fits New England. So let's go with Drake May of North Carolina. Okay, you you showed a little restraint there. Yeah, Who, just for the sake of the show. I get you. Now, what, was Michael Penix Jr. in the conversation? There's someone, some some hidden quarterback that we haven't talked about enough yet about. Oh, I like Spencer Rattler too. Rick doesn't go. like me mentioning it. I'm not taking him this high. Let's not get crazy. Yeah, that's what I say. That's why you do some. Yeah. So I, I'm a big Spencer Rattler is my QB three. Um, because he's got to quit making mistakes. But it, again, he's asked to do a lot, and we'll talk a lot about battle tested, right? Yeah. We talk about adversity. He's battle tested, so <laughs> he is indeed battle tested. You know, he got benched. He he was a highest fly guy got bench for Caleb Williams came back so he you know he's going through some stuff for for Drake May for me the hesitation is that I feel like when we watch him we he's on that Ryan Tannehill Herbert spectrum where you watch it and you're like yeah he's good but he always leaves you wanting more so that's my I agree point, you know the mistake I made with Justin Herbert is that I I put too much credit in Mario Cristobal not doing a terrible things with those players that he has um and Justin Herbert's legit now Ryan Tannehill was I mean, you know, he was a quarter uh, wide receiver that had converted, hadn't played a ton of football at quarterback. He's made the thing is in that draft class with Andrew Luck and RG three, he's the last man standing, which is crazy too to think about. I heard Russell Wilson was in that class too. The first rounders, but yeah, you're right, Russell. Oh, yeah, Wilson. yeah, yeah, Russell. Yeah, first round. Yeah, he started more. He started more recently than Russ too, though. Yeah, he got he, he last man standing. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I know he tried to stand up for Russ when uh, O'Shawn took him down. <laughs> All funny. right. Well, I'll tell you what, Debo, old uh, Emory there, he must not love Marvin Harrison Jr. as much as uh, Kyler Murray and uh, Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin for do because he's still there at number four. I love Malik Neighbors. I love Roman Dunze. But Marvin Harrison Jr. feels like a layup here. I'm not overthinking it. Give me old Marv. You know, it's funny. Uh, Gus uh, always calls him. Gus Johnson always calls him Maserati Marv. I can never remember it, so I end up calling him Mitsubishi Marv. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't a Mitsubishi. You're a Maserati, Marv. I'm taking him and Kyler Murray, um, Elijah Moore. Not Elijah. It's uh, who's who's Rondell. 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 Hollywood. And also our guy from Stanford. Oh, my guy, Michael Wilson. Well, really good rookie season, man. Really good. Yeah, Rick wasn't high on him. McBride started to play well once uh, they moved on from Ertz. So there are a lot of pieces in place there. James Conner's playing like he's still a second-year player. So, all right. So let me ask you this, Ryan. How close was it for you based off all the receivers we named? And I know Marvin is in a different caliber. Between him and Joe Oak or Fashionu. Between the two tackles? And and Marvin Harrison. For oh, the um, so just talking about teams that need both. Like if I'm the Tennessee Titans, I'm taking Marv. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? This wide receiver class is deeper than the tackle class. So if you got Fashnu, Alt, and Marv there, I'd be hard to pass on Marv if you're trying to build around Will Levis. But you got to think long and hard about no, I'm it. I'm talking about the Cardinals. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we got Paris Johnson Jr. We do need tackle help, but we have picks coming up too. And let me double check here. But they have the oh, they got a 21st pick, so I can circle back and get a tackle there if I want one. And okay. I'll book in book in that tackle with what Paris Johnson Jr. did on the right side and feel great about it. So yeah, if they had if they didn't have a pick until the third round, then I would have a serious conversation. But Man, you don't want to be the guy. The funny thing is this, and then I'll let you pick. We talk about the wide receiver this, wide receiver that. Debo can tell you a few years ago that the 
the fifth wide receiver drafted was Justin Jefferson. And he was taking one pick after Debo's team took Jalen Rager. So you just don't know. Right. And, and again, it's, it's about drafting for your team and who you think can help you. Damn everybody else. So like if I was doing this in a real draft, I probably would have taken Spencer Rattler because that's who I want. You know, so it, you can't really focus on what the consensus says. And it, 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 to your point, you got to just keep drafting who you think is good. You know what I'm saying? And that's going to help your team because that's all we care about when you're out there playing the game. I will say this. You say some eyebrow raising stuff. But every once in a while, like last year, we made fun of you for having Dewan Jones go in the first round. And old Dewan Jones was balling out until he got hurt. The issue was his weight. Turns out you want your, your tackle to be a little chubby. So it worked out for him pretty good. He played well. He played like a first-round talent. We had the first-round conversations about him, but there was concerns about his motivation and all that other stuff. Right. That dude balled out. So you, I'll, I'll give you credit for that one. So the Spencer Rattler thing sounds crazy on the service at number three. We don't know. Let's be real. We do not know. Brock Purdy was the last player drafted. Bingo. All right, number five on the board. Los Angeles Chargers, another team that needs a coach and GM. The quarterback's set, but everything else I think is up in the air. Well, listen, I, and I was shocked that the GM got let go So, because they've been drafting well. A lot of my number one overall players at a, at a respective position, the Chargers have gotten. Number one through number five, they've racked up on guys. So, obviously, I'm a big fan of what the Chargers was doing drafting. So, I'm going to go Joe Alt here. Oh, um, ahead of Foshnu. Ahead of Exactly. Give him – because, again, you look at that offensive line, they got pieces. So, I'm going to go ahead on and take the offensive lineman, um, solidify that. There are some other areas we can get better. Uh, but offensive line, defensive line is key. Guys just got to stay healthy out there, but we keep stockpiling talent for the Chargers, so I'm going to go alt right here. And you're going to play alt at right tackle probably in year one? Yeah. Rashawn Spedge on the left side, John Johnson's left guard. You want Right. You want the talent? Get, just get the talent, and we'll yeah. figure out where, he's go, where he goes. I'm with you. No, I like it. That's a good call. And now you're back on the clock at number six by trading down in our mock draft here for the Bears. You just setting yourself up to take a wide receiver. I saw what you did there. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to see who Emery, as Ryan Poles, with the Bears' first pick after trading down, takes six overall right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. All right, Emery, pick one, picks one through five are registered. We did a little trade at the top. I went from six to one as the Giants trading with the Bears to get my guy, Caleb Williams. And now we're on the clock at number six. This is your pick as the Chicago Bears. This is their first pick in this mock draft. I'm guessing you're going wide receiver, but you could go off to tackle here. You could go edge rush. You could do anything you want to do. It's, it's, your, it's your world. What are you doing here? My world, man. And listen, we got a lot of options because we were back on the clock at what pick what number nine? And pick number nine. So we we got the we got the running back, right? 
We got a game breaker there. Um, we have a chance here to get better on the line of scrimmage. I, I would be hard pressed as much as this. I'm a gamble here. I'm a gamble with pick number nine. So I'm going to take the offensive lineman here in Foshnu. Oh, from, look at you. Man, you're going from, crazy. From, uh, Penn State. So now we can we have the guy that's going to break the long runs in the backfield. We have the quarterback that can aid that guy as well. And we're helping solidify up front. So let's get the tackle and let's rock. Now, so it's, it was, I was, it, I was, you know, I may do a little bit of dancing with um, pick number nine. I almost thought about trading this pick down one more spot. Oh, look at you. But I'm going to get the elite talent and the tackle and add him to that offensive line. So to recap here, Debo, Emory has sticking with Justin and passed on Caleb Williams, traded down far enough where he passed on Marvin Harrison Jr., doesn't want a Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze here. He went with the best, my OT1, you're an OT2, it feels like, in Olufashinu out of Penn State. Pair him with Darnell Wright, last year's first-round pick, he played at a high level, the right tackle. They got Tevin Jenkins kicked inside. Um, so they're, they're, what are you going to do with Braxton Jones? Their left tackle that they seem to like. Well, listen, we're, we're <laughs> going to figure it out up front. Can you know? I know uh, Wright can probably play inside at guard too, so we're going to figure it out up front. But we're going to keep stockpiling talent along the offensive line. If not, we get a swing. We have a swing guy in Braxton Jones. So you know, okay. draft the elite talent, right? That's Ryan, I don't want you. Uh, I don't want Emery to reveal it yet. But who's your prediction as of right now? Who he takes at number nine? I don't even like Emory's so crazy sometimes. It might be wide receiver four that I don't even, I'm not even thinking. He might take Jalen Polk for all I know. Like I, I would think, well, I can tell you, unless something happens, Malik Neighbors ain't going to be there. So it might be Roma Dunze. And after, let me see, after I got to check my rankings. After Rome, it could be Keon Coleman, Brian Thompson. Like there's so many guys. I know if you like Spencer, you probably like Xavier Leggett. So he's got some Donnie Mitchell. All right, there are a lot of dudes. He, I don't even know Depot. I'm going to say it, he feels like a Keon Coleman type guy. He's got a good poker face too. Rick's got a terrible poker face. So we don't know. We don't know what old Emory's up to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're at number seven here. The Titans are on the board. Man, took both tackles. I didn't think you'd take a tackle there. Number six is as the uh, as the Bears. This is Emory's pick, by the way. No good. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I was getting nervous. I was getting nervous. Oh, man. Tennessee. Now, um, Tennessee has a lot of, uh, if we're being fair, how much do you believe in Will Levis, right? But the top three quarterbacks are gone. Yeah, you can't. You know, it's not Will Levis' fault they played as bad as they did. I thought he did, he did better than I thought he would do. But if you have a, oh, it's funny how we have this conversation with Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson and everybody else, but when it comes to Mr. Levis, he's protected, right? So I tell you what, Bryce Young has not been protected. He's taken a beating too in terms of what he was not able to do. But, but, I, yeah. but I will say this: like it, it, this one depends on who gets the the job and what they have. But you, you're right; you can't, you know, you can't ignore where they they lack. They lack playmakers, right? So let's go. Let's let's help with someone that can help make plays for them. And I know it sounds weird, but let's let's look at these offensive tackles, right? Let's let's see who's the other tackle that we have there that we can get. You know what I'm saying? So the JC Latham, the right tackle, Amari Mims can't stay healthy the one year he played. Right. So you know what? Let's go back to uh, you know, let's let's shake this thing up, man. Let's let's try to help 
add weapons. What do they you want? A real game breaker at tight end, man. Let's get Brock Bowers. Let's do so you're going to pair him with Chick Aconquo and have two athletic tight ends. Now, Brock is a different animal. I grant you that. Right. You know what's funny? I was talking to B-Mac and I were talking to draft the other day, and I think I had the the Jets taking Malik Neighbors. He said, why don't you give, get and Malik Neighbors everyone loves, and for good reason. Why don't you just give him Brock Bowers because he can do everything. Like He runs like a wide receiver. They line him up in the backfield. He's mm-hmm. a, improved as a blocker. And let me ask you this because this is what I asked uh, B-Mac at the time. I, we know that Kyle Pitts is a better athlete. Who's a better tight end? Bowers. Right. That, that's the right answer. That's <laughs> yeah, a better tight end, right? That's easy. Okay. I don't hate it. I, I'm not even going to push back on that. Typically what happens is we talk these tight ends up, these athletic tight ends especially, and we say they're going to go in the top five. They end up going usually between picks 19 and 32 because that's just where tight ends fall. Mm-hmm. This is, feels like the legit exception. Right. Especially with the way, again, if you're trying to really enhance a young quarterback and Levis, whether yep. you believe in him or not, you got to give them every opera. Like I've I've said this, and I I want to say it on record. Matt Miller had the right idea. They just picked the wrong quarterback. They went out and got Mike Williams, uh, Roy Williams, Charles Rogers, who's a legit prospect coming out, and Kevin Jones, a running back. They just married to Joey, Joey Harrington, and that ruined it. But that's how you try to stockpile to make sure your guy doesn't fail, right? And so I think we have to do the same thing here for Levis. I think Joey Harrington may surprise some people this year. (laughs) Yeah, I had it queued up. That's crazy. Debo had that. I know. I can't believe Debo had that. That is ready. (laughs) If you're listening, that was was Rick. uh, Rick. That was Pete Prisco from, I think, 2007. Like a training camp. The Falcons training camp, I believe, back in the day. Back when Pete had hair and still had that little squeaky voice. That's CBS Sports Line. Yeah, he'll he'll be sending uh, some angry messages towards Debo. He likes to yell at Debo. I have them blocked. They won't get through. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't hate it. Brock Bowers goes to Tennessee at number seven. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. This is pretty easy. I was actually thinking about trying to trade up with you a few picks ahead of of this pick here, but uh, it didn't work out. Another team that needs a head coach. I I think Desmond Ritter is a leader. Like he, When we talked to him at the Combine, he has an edge. My biggest concern was the accuracy coming out of Cincinnati, and that hasn't changed. His decision-making has lost that team games and probably cost some people their jobs. I get it. It happens. Maybe he's the guy, and he'll he'll be able to turn the corner. But if I'm sitting here, and Michael Penix Jr. is here, and you just talk about the weapons, you got Drake London, you got Kyle Pitts, you got B. John Robinson, all three who were somehow mismanaged by Arthur Smith, who was supposed to be the guy to get the most out of these players. You got um, uh, not Zach Charbonnet. Who's the other running back that reminds me of Zach Charbonnet from BYU? From BYU. For on the uh, oh, on the, uh, I know you're talking about 25 at, at um, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. I can't <laughs> remember his name. I'm seeing him run, uh, because I'm seeing his college number, Algier. Algier, Tyler Algier. Algier, Tyler Algier. Thank you. I mean, two old people that can't remember the grandkids' name, <laughs> Tyler Algier. He does remind me of Zach Sharman in terms of the way he plays, but you have him. You, I mean, you have all the weapons. The defense is playing a little better. You get the, again, get the right coach, get the right play caller. I'm taking Michael Penix Jr. Now, there can be concerns about the ACL, the two ACLs, which he. He's been healthy for two years. He avoids taking sacks. Now, I've talked to teams that like him in round one. I say this all the time. I've talked to teams that like him on day two, like in third round. So we'll we'll see how the the league sorts itself out. But I say this a lot of times. We had to say this last year with Will Levis. Sometimes you have to sort of squint to see the good plays. You don't need to see the, the squint to see Michael Penix Jr.'s good plays. Where are you on him? I haven't heard you talk about Michael Penix Jr. before. I, I, my, he's more day two for me. Okay, look at there you are. Go ahead. Tell yeah, me why. Here's the thing. Like, in um, – 
because we've uh, going back to watching him at Indiana, I still feel like he flatlines a lot of passes. Now, where he shows touch is on the outside uh, go balls, those takeoff routes. But everywhere else, it feels like it's a, a fastball, which leads itself to you know getting tipped or the placement of being just a little bit off. Um, and he, he like, look when he was pressured against Michigan, he he missed high a lot down the field, which we hadn't right. seen when he wasn't pressured. And when you when you don't have touch mixed into your game, passes will sell because everything is going one speed. So he's going to go low or he's going to go high, and he missed high, right? Um, and he's not the he can move, but he's not the the guy that's going to be a plus one in the run game. So for that reason, I would say day two. But to okay. your, where you but where you're putting him makes sense. Right, because you get a guy that has a lot of game experience, um, and you need someone that can kind of guide the ship, which you thought you were going to get with Desmond Ritter, but now you're going to bank on getting it from Michael Penix. So I like. Yeah. That. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear someone else, other than the media folks that echo the same things, have their reasons for why they don't like him in the first round. And I, I, I don't disagree with what you said. Um, that said, the Falcons are taking him because they need someone to throw bombs to to Drake. Like you, you're picking what we said earlier. You're picking for your team. If you need a guy, take the guy. Don't try to, you know, base it off what you think the perception may be. Go ahead and grab him. All right, I'm with you. I ain't gonna disagree with you on that one. All right, you're back on the clock. The Chicago Bears at number nine. You took Ola Olafashnu, right? With your I did. I sure number did. six pick. So the Bears have a left tackle, and now they have the number nine pick. You're making faces. What's wrong? No, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm amped because I'm ready to send this pick in. You got all the wide receivers not named Marvin there. You can get an edge rusher. All the edge rushers. How no edge rushers gone yet? Right, 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 right. And there's so, and here's a, here's the problem right, that I faced because I, I gamed it this way, right? So there's a particular edge rusher that I like, that I want. But right now, I've gamed the draft a little bit too much <laughs> to take the chance. Got too cute. So, Right, I got too cute. So I'm gonna just stay here, stay pat at nine, and take Malik Neighbors. So now we got Malik Neighbors, we got tackle for Shanu, we got the DJ Moore, we got Saquon, we got Fields, we got explosiveness, and get commit. And the reason why I like uh neighbors a lot, he gives you that that run after the catch. He's like the CD lamb in this draft where he's looking to score the ball whenever he has it. You know, he'll take a hitch. Turn around. He's trying to find a pylon. Those guys allow you to not have to worry about hitting the deep ball, you know. And so if you can just get the ball to him. We've seen this with DJ Moore. You get another guy, Malik Neighbors. He plays above the rim, so he may be 5'11", 195, but he's going to go up and snatch the ball like he's a 6'5 receiver. And it's that after-catch ability to go and find his way to the end zone. Um, that, to me, is worth his weight in gold. And now when you spread the field this way, width-wise, with the with the, the talent that we just added, I feel like Chicago's going to be cooking with, with, with gas in 2024. So here's here's the trade-off. You pass on Caleb, you pass on Marvin, and instead you trade it down, you get a left tackle, a lot of people's offensive tackle one in Olafoshnu. You get Malik Neighbors, who some people think it's going to be closer between Marvin and Malik than, than what we hear every day. I think the... I, I mean, they can both be great. Like I just said, Justin Jefferson was the fifth wide receiver taken. What do we know here? But I, that ain't a bad consolation prize is what I'm saying. You get the Saquon mock draft trade. You get the second-round pick, 36, I believe, is what it was from the Giants this year. You get next year's first. I don't think many Bears fans would be complaining about that. <laughs> right, that feels no, like no. a grand slam. It feels like we built an offense, right? 
feels like we built the team, and this is still just the first round. We got more draft to go. Now, let me tell you something, Mr. Eberflus. If you come back with anything less than 10 wins, now you're going to get a little pink slip in your mailbox. That, we that almost is- had 10 wins, and we, we just found a way to finish, and guess what gives us a chance to finish now? Better players on offense. Well, we almost fired you too. You, you got you got lucky, so <laughs> almost uh, almost only get you so far. Good thing my house paid off, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like it, man. I can't complain about that. Those, that's a good draft haul. Number ten, the Jets are on the board here. Garrett Wilson put up some good num- um, numbers under some incredibly trying circumstances. He said it was the toughest year of his professional football life, or his football life, not just professional life, because. He thought he was going to have Aaron Rodgers, and that lasted four plays, and then he got something less than Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the year. And he sucked it up, and uh, they bring back Nathaniel Hackett, which I don't know if that's the right idea, but that's not my call. We would love to get an offensive tackle here to help out. Oh, man. this and But they need Garrett Wilson needs help, too. And Aaron Rodgers is clearly going to be the, the quarterback. The problem is we don't pick again until 72. So we're not getting a tackle or a wide receiver in round two because we don't have a second-round pick. Then the question becomes, is there going to be a third-round pick that we like at wide receiver, for example? Because tackle, you sort of it's a crapshoot. Now, I'll ask you this. You think Texas Xavier Worthy is there as pick 72? Because I don't. Potentially. Like, I, let me ask you this. Then let me, let me throw the question back at you. Do you take a quarterback here? You banking on Aaron Rodgers? Think Here's about those first four players that we saw this year. He was skittish. So I'm I am not going to deny what you're selling me right now. But here's where I'm coming down on this. When you get Aaron Rodgers, you get the whole package. And a lot of that's just prickly behavior and being upset about things he doesn't necessarily need to be upset about. And he held a grudge against the Packers when they drafted Jordan Love. And he was whinging all the way out of mm-hmm. town. Now it turns out Jordan Love was the right call, but he had to wait three years. I don't have time. He's 38 or 39 or 40, however old Aaron Rodgers is. I don't want to be putting up with the nonsense. We got to win now. Robert Sala understands that. Joe Douglas understands that. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to, I'm going to pray I can find some offensive tackles in, in free agency. I'm taking Roman Dunze because someone's got to help Garrett Wilson. And you get a big target like that for Aaron Rodgers who can catch every jump ball. And the thing with Roman Dunze mm-hmm. is that he can run. Like the Nikhil Harry situation when he was a first-round pick, he couldn't run. He was a tight end trying to play wide receiver, and he never could get open. Roma Dunze is routinely stacking receivers. He's routinely winning at the catch point. Now, he couldn't catch some of those fastballs that were four or five feet over his head in the championship game, but that was pretty uncommon what we saw from um, Michael Penix Jr. So I'm I'm not going to overthink it. I'll worry about the tackle situation free agency. You're not going to get one of 72 that can start, I don't think, but I, I'm taking Roma Dunze. So once again, we still have all the we still have all the edge rushers, all the cornerbacks. So there's a lot to pick from. And you are Ryan, no defensive players off the board in the top ten. I just scrolled through, I went all the way back to nineteen eighty six, and I would imagine this goes even further. There's never been a year where there was no defensive players in the top ten. The latest a defensive player went in any of those drafts since nineteen eighty five was in 2021 when it was J.C. Horn at number eight. But normally, you know, you're getting a, a handful of defensive players off the board within the first couple of picks. You really think there's a, a chance no one in the top ten? Let me ask you this. That's a, Thank you for that nugget there, Debo. That's, some, that's why we got Debo. That's, that's why Debo makes – that's why he makes four figures, like, stuff like that. 
You didn't laugh at my joke. <laughs> he makes nine thousand dollars a year. You, I guess it's not funny if you make nine thousand dollars a year. But let me ask you this, Emery. Uh, it feels like if these trades happen the way we're talking about, it, it's not outlandish to think that maybe the Giants trade up for a quarterback or one of these other teams in the top ten. Cardinals are not taking a defensive player. The Chargers are taking an offensive tackle with ones there. You might, I mean, I get it. You might want an edge rusher because Bosa's hurt and Khalil's a little older. I get that. But if you have a chance to protect your franchise quarterback with a new coach, the Titans need edge help. But if there's a tackle there. You're not, you're not doing that's the Falcons where, are. That's yeah, where I ahead. was going to go defensive, either with the, the Bears' second pick and try to make a make a move back, back into late round or early. Like, try to, I was going to try to see if I can trade and get neighbors and then the DN. But right. if I was going to go DN, it was going to be Chicago with the ninth pick and also um, uh, Tennessee was another spot where I was going to go defense. But the tackle, with the one tackle out going off the board earlier, it's like, well, we can't can't wait. You know what I'm saying? we got to get this elite tackle. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so – and then and by the way, Montez Sweat did a lot of damage by himself. Bingo. And so it's kind of like we got – okay, we got a DN. And, and it seems like they played well with whatever, whoever they put on the opposite side. So defense could be in line for Chicago – could be in line for Tennessee instead of the tight end, obviously. Um, and it could be in line to your point about the Chargers. So there's going to be a team that may even trade up into the top 10 if they see the run on these offensive players to grab an offensive, uh, a defensive lineman. But we're at what pick 11? Yeah, that is pretty crazy. I'm glad Deepa pointed that's that out. Where the, so, that's, where, that's, that's where the first defender is going to go with my pick. Well, I was going to ask you, Spencer Rattler sitting right there? I know. But look, you got you got you got pro level free agents that you can grab um, that can step in and be a veteran. Somebody's going to be on the move, right? Um, you they know, can re up Kirk. What, you can re up Kirk. You're gonna you know you're gonna find someone that you can that that can guide the ship. And it may have because of where they pick, it may have backed them into a corner. Or you get somebody on day two that you, that can play, right? That's going to be better than the two guys you already have on the roster behind Kirk Cousins. So. Um, so let, right let me set this up now. We we got all the edge rushers, got all the cornerbacks. I don't. I mean, you like I tell you, you, you do some some stuff that isn't conventional. I don't think there's a linebacker that you're taking off ball wise, but it sounds like you're going defense. <laughs> yeah, I'm going defense. I'm going who I think is the best pass rusher in the class. Okay, That's I can't wait to hear this. Lot two, lot two. Oh, lot okay, two. give me lot now, two. The only thing with him is what? Uh, obviously, that, he had the injury concern. People right. will question whether or not he loved the game because he talked about backing away from it. But every time I watch him on the field, he's playing like he loves the game. And when yep. the, the way he's able to get after the quarterback and stay relentless, these are the same questions folks had about Jalen Phillips. Remember? Um, at UCLA. That's right. You're exactly right because he retired for a little bit. He retired. And so what we see now, one of the best young pass rushers in the game, I'm taking that chance here with, with Latu on that. Because, again, it, it, you can easily sell me on corner for Minnesota. But front end got to help out the back end. I'm going front end. I'm going Latu. Okay. Love it. Latu, Latu. Gone to the Vikings. All right, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to hit picks 12 through 18 right after this. But first up, uh, the old Broncos on the clock. Do they need a quarterback? Do they need help somewhere else? Wide receiver? Edge rusher? We'll talk about that right after this. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. All right. 
We're back. Broncos need a quarterback. Here's the thing that someone brought up, and it makes a ton of sense. Sean Payton does not roll with rookie quarterbacks. Never has. So unless they're in love with one of the guys that we've already had to go off the board and they want to trade up for him and Sean Payton has changed his ways, I don't think rookie quarterback is in their future. I don't know if Jared Stidham's going to be the guy or if it's going to be someone else. I would imagine probably someone else based on, on history. But knowing that, I'm going to take quarterback out of, even out of the conversation here. It'll be QB5 at this point as well, and that's where it gets a little too rich for me. J.J. McCarthy will be in the mix if he comes out. I don't, I'm not that high on J.J. McCarthy. Uh, you talked about Spencer Rattler, Bo Nix. Uh, there are several other names we could discuss, but I'm going to save the drama. And, Debo, let's see the wide receivers just to, to build this up a little bit. Uh-oh, I think Debo broke the mock draft machine. You me tell you it is, Debo? Oh. Debo's really building suspense. While he works out the kinks, I'm going to tell you who it and, is. And you bring up a good point about, you know, and the Broncos. Oh, who is it? Oh, okay. I was going to let you do some filler. I'm going to take Brian Thompson. Oh, 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 so. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Big body wide receiver that can go get it. Yeah. He's another one that they got great rack skills. I like it. Yeah. I love the way he plays. He's a vertical threat. Rick and I talked about him on the podcast a few weeks ago, and um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it felt like 75% of his touchdowns came on from the slot inside fades. He just runs to the, the back mm-hmm. pylon and high points the ball over everybody. And he's long-legged, and he can run past guys. There we go. Debo's got the mock draft machine back up. The machine? <laughs> um, Debo, I took Brian think Thomas. And, and he's and if you think about who played the Broncos receivers this year is inconsistency in catching the ball, right? How many drops we saw from Sutton and Judy? Brian Thomas don't drop the football. Like he got wow. legit lacrosse mitts for his hands. And he's another one like we just talked about can go after the catch, you know? So I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is going to be interesting to see who goes off the board because I would imagine it's going to be Marvin and then Malik, probably Rome, Adunze. But, again, it depends on the flavor of the wide receiver that you like because any number of guys, Keon Coleman, I mentioned Xavier Leggett, uh, Adonai Mitchell, there are a ton of dudes. We haven't even talked about Amika Buka who was injured for much of the season for Iowa State. And um, I don't want to say he's falling out of favor, but we're not talking as much about he just, him. He's just, he just going back to school. He announced today. Oh, he did. Good. That's yep. great. I'm glad. That's probably best for him and – and certainly Ohio State's probably fine with that. All right, great. Look at that. Emory's breaking news. All right, Debo's back with us. Got his pages internet bill right quick. And now you are on the clock with pick 13. This this Las the Raiders. Raiders. Yep. Oh, this is easy. Give me uh Jerzon Newton. Oh, um, okay. That is listen, easy. That's a good, good call. Because here's the thing: when you think about the Raiders, if you want to free up Max Crosby and those you drafted Tyree Wilson. Last year, you want to get him on the field more. You already got Crosby, who's always in the backfield. He'd be in the backfield even more so if they had interior defensive pressure. And Newton gives you that. He is explosive off the ball. He has a variety of moves. And he's going to draw a double team. Because if not, he's going to beat your guard all day. And now you're going to have him and Crosby in your backfield. Somebody's going to get one-on-one. So I like to, to, to continue to bolster that defense, especially on the interior. So I like Newton. 
All right, I don't hate it. And Johnny Newton is is juiced up. And mm-hmm. Byron Murphy, my other dude from Texas, is is twitched up as well. And we were talking to Eric Galco from the Shrine Bowl earlier this week, and he mentioned that there's a chance that Byron, not even a chance, he seemed felt pretty good about the idea of Byron going top 15, which a lot of people haven't talked about. Um, so we'll see. But uh, Johnny had a great season. There was talking about come out last year with all those other dudes that got drafted early, Devin Witherspoon, Sidney Brown, um, Quan Martin. So mm-hmm. you're not going to get any pushback from me. All right. Emory's version of America's team is up next, at least with America's quarterback. That's the Saints. <laughs> I should have traded up. Um, so I traded to Jameis Winston at, at, for the Bears for, straight up for, for Justin Fields. You might have done that. All right. Well, you're, you're a Saints fan. What does this team need, do you think? Uh, they need they need playmakers, man, on offense. Um, I think they I, was, I would have taken Brock Bowers here, by the way, but he's long gone. And it, they need another pass rusher, man, because to be honest, uh, Cam Jordan, I love him, but he's getting long in the tooth, and he doesn't have that same impact that he had in his, you know, five years ago when he was able to get off the ball and get off to the quarterback. Um, they're still waiting for Peyton Turner to, to stay healthy, stay consistent. They traded away – or not traded away, but they let Trey Henderson walk. Uh, Granderson is a is a guy that just – you know, he's a dog out there, so I love him as a player as well but need another pass rusher. So I think this is a spot where they can probably go pass rusher. Well, you talked me into it. I was thinking about wide receiver, um, but I'm taking Dallas Turner. He's still here somehow at 14. Forget all that. Dallas Turner, edge rusher. That's as easy as, as it is. Oh, see, right. I just talked you into the guy I was going to take for the Colts next um, <laughs> because that's where I was going to go, Dallas Turner, because they need another – they need a pass rusher, someone that's going to be a problem. Uh, so, Debo, fire up the pass rushers. Let me see. Oh, never mind. Don't fire up the pass rushers. Go ahead you see him right Jared. there. Yeah, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, that was go. easy. I was going to say, he's a small school guy, Albany transfer. Went mm-hmm. to Florida State last two years and did great. All right, number 16, Seattle Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks, actually, you know what? I'm going to do this right quick, too. Oh. Yeah, I'm not. I was thinking about the secondary. Um, <laughs> Rick Willen has to play better this year. We know Devin Witherspoon can ball. But right. Rick Willen has to play better. But I'm taking I'm taking Byron Murphy, the second, on the interior, like because they got Boye Mafe. Leonard Williams' deal is up. They traded for him, so they have to decide where is he, Debo? There he is, 54. He he won't be there at 54. I'm taking Byron Murphy in the interior. He is twitched up much like Johnny Newton is, and uh, he's going to get after it on that interior and create some pressure. So our guy Eugene Cyril Smith III doesn't have to do everything. They have to get there in the, in right. the, in the um, process of finding the coach as well. So 17, the Jaguars are on the clock. What were you going to say, Emory? We're going to go uh, – no, I agree with you with, with the pick. Um, but I'm Thank you. For here for Jacksonville. Yes, you, sir. You, you've, done, you've done a great job, right? You should think about going pro um, in this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will, I will Man, say, I've been doing this for free this long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go – Kool-Aid McKinstry. I like what they have in Tyson Campbell. Um, big fan of him. I hate it. I think uh, get another long corner on the outside. Got a good technique, good ball skills. Has been battle-tested in the SEC at Alabama. Um, doesn't oh, mind man. guarding the number one guy. I'm going Kool-Aid McKinstry here. And I know people probably say, this, hey, build- Go ahead. Don't ask you. No, I was going to say, people probably saying build on the offensive line, but I like Walker right. Little. I like Anton Harrison. You know what I'm saying? I, I think they have. Well, they weren't very there. good this year, though. Anton and, and Walker well, were, but collectively the offensive line was not great. 
Exactly. So, but again, the, the draft is bigger than one round. And we see that free agency out there. <laughs> you got to keep saying that part because I keep forgetting. Okay, look, yeah, Kool-Aid. I don't want Kool-Aid returning kicks anymore because I saw him struggle at, at times in the fall. But he he can ball. The question will, will be how fast he runs. I like Nate Wiggins a little better. Uh, mm-hmm. But Kool-Aid's, he's no slack, no doubt about it. All right, this is easy for me. I'm going to keep drafting off as a tackle so they figure it out. It sounds like Joe Burrow is trying to talk to the organization and keeping T. Higgins. I can't imagine a world where I would draft Keon Col- Coleman here and they have Keon, Jamar, Tyler. So I don't want to do that Yosavos. to the rest of the AFC. And who? Yosavos is growing. You know what I'm saying? They got they got Yoshivas, yeah. You gotta you gotta rep the small school guys. Charlie uh, Jones had a few mm-hmm. catches this season. Uh I'm gonna go JC Latham. I can't believe he's there at 18. Right tackle. Let's go. It ain't even hard. So all right, that's the top eighteen well, of the team. Let me ask go you. ahead. You don't. You don't. Uh, who's your second tight end there? You don't think about tight end, or is, is it Bowers J- and that's it? J- Jatavian Sanders, but he's not blocking enough it's for me right now. It's too early. Okay. I love him on day two, and again, we don't know. We're just guessing. He could end up being Marty B. For all we know, like we don't know. <laughs> um. All right, let's recap this thing, Debo. I don't know why anyone would be joining in the middle of the podcast, but if you happen to be joining us now, <laughs> I traded it from six to one. I was the Giants, and Emory traded down from the Bears to number six, and I took Caleb Williams, and we gave up a, bo- a boatload. Give for a second-round pick, next year's first-round pick, and Saquon. That was a, a special request from Emory, so they got Saquon, Justin Fields, and all those playmakers. Pick number two, I took Jaden Daniels. Something of a surprise given that Drake May has gotten most of the run as QB2. Emory took Drake May number three as the Patriots GM. They got to fix the quarterback situation. Best case scenario for the Cardinals at four. I took Marvin Harrison Jr. And Emory helping out his dude, Justin uh, Justin Herbert, excuse me, at number five. He got Joe Alt, who will play right tackle in the interim. And then at number six, Emory, after trading down, gets Olafashnu. A little surprise there. Maybe the second biggest surprise so far after Jaden Daniels going QB2 um, instead of taking a wide receiver or an edge rusher. But Emory has plans. Draft isn't just the first round, Emory. Smart man once said that. There you <laughs> and go. Then at number seven. What's that? I said, you're learning. There you go. You're learning. And number seven, Emory for the Titans doesn't get a, a tackle. He gets Brock Bowers, who can do everything. He's more versatile than a wide receiver, but he runs like one. At number eight, I had the Falcons taking Michael Penix Jr. Back on the clock at number nine, Emory gets the wide receiver, Malik Neighbors. And look, Malik Neighbors plus Foshnu plus Saquon plus all the draft picks. You stick with Justin Fields, get the right coordinator. It's hard to argue, but Eberflus, you, you got to win 10 plus and get to, you might even need to, you definitely have to get to the playoffs and you got to be in the mix for the division. You got to be battling Detroit and Green Bay. On paper, I will say this right on paper, if the, those moves happen for Chicago, the NFC North looks a lot like the AFC North in terms of you can get three teams in. Yeah, and you might argue that they're stronger. I mean, we never know how the injuries and stuff work out. Then what? Because the, let's be real, the Bengals struggled because Joe Burrow got hurt, and the Steelers got lucky because <laughs> the quarterback situation <laughs> wasn't quite where it needed to be. And you could argue that that, that the way it's constituted a year from now, the the NFC version of the North could be better. All right, neighbors there at number nine, at number ten. 
Jets on the clock. We thought about offensive tackle. We'll circle back and get that. I got Roma Dunze, the wide receiver, to pair with Garrett Wilson and, and Aaron Rodgers. At 11, the Vikings, with Emory making the pick, took Leatu Latu, the first edge rusher off the board. If he's healthy, I don't have any issue with this. He was a, an animal for much of the season with the way he played. Number 12, the Broncos need a quarterback. Sean Payton doesn't play rookie, so I took Brian Thomas, Malik Neighbors teammate, Jane Daniels' teammate, the wide receiver, touchdown machine at LSU. The next pick at 13, Emory for the Las Vegas Raiders. Took Johnny Newton, interior defensive lineman, put him with Max Crosby, Malcolm Koontz. Ty, uh, Ty, um, Tyree Wilson came along as the season got better. Uh, as He got better as the season went along, I should say. So you have him coming back. And then America's team, the New Orleans Saints, Signed Jameis to a lifetime contract, and they took Dallas Turner, edge rusher, on the advice of uh, of Emory, big Saints fan, New Orleans resident, or born and bred in New Orleans. You're not, you don't live there anymore. Next up, Colts. You had them taking Jared Verse, back to back edge rushers. It took that long for them to start going off the board at 14, 14 and 15. They go back to back, and then Seattle's on the clock next. 16. I had them taking Byron Murphy the second, the interior defensive lineman out of Texas. Jacksonville takes Kool-Aid McKinstry and the top 18 picks, all the teams that are not in the playoffs. End things with the Bengals getting right tackle. J.C. Latham out of Alabama. Debo, any surprises, anything that you can't believe happened? or This feels this feels like a pretty solid mock draft for a first go-round. Um, I'm getting over being stunned with Emory doing like the Rattler sound and, and Spencer Rattler being his number three quarterback. We, we a hand side I, and everything. I, I like him too, but I did not, you know, I was like, oh, is he going to say, he's not going to say Bo Nix. Like I, I know Emery well enough. Not, he's not going to say Bo Nix. I, I did not know that, that Spencer Rattler was coming. Yeah. That he always has one in the, in his back pocket. There, there, there's a, there's a specific spot. I like Rattler to go and it's Pittsburgh. I feel like Rattler with his mentality would be perfect for the receivers out there and at offense because he's going to take the shot. And it, the last five games of last season combined with what he did this year, he looked a lot like freshman year Oklahoma Spencer Rattler. And I'm glad to see that Rattler come back because I was worried about him because it was like, yo, he looked sophomore year. It was like, yo, what, I don't know what's going on. But he got it back last year, came back to get the pro coaching once again. And now this season, I think he's a much better – I think he's going to go to the Senior Bowl and blow it up and people are going to be back on that Rattler train once again. Uh, as a Steelers fan, I don't want him in the first round, but I don't hate it on day two, maybe. What mm-hmm. I would like as a Steelers fan, I want to trade up for Jaden Daniels, whatever it takes. Like that, you, How do you fight fire with fire with Lamar Jackson? You get Lamar Jackson Jr. And you put him out there and say, all right, let's go. But uh, that's just me. But I, I, you've had crazier takes than Spencer Rattler. Now, Spencer Rattler 3 is pretty rich, but like I keep saying, we don't know. We're just out here. Having a good time, Emory. All right. People people thought I was crazy about, you know, the Jameer Gibbs. They thought I was crazy about Anthony Richardson. They thought I was crazy about my take about that Chiefs defensive end that barely played all season. But we won't talk about that. So Ooh, uh, Felix, uh, uh, Felix Anadike Uzama? Yep. But, oh. you know, it happens. Well, you, you wouldn't get any pushback from, certainly not Rick, but not me. Like, I like Jameer and I liked um, Anthony Richardson. We may have talked about that. Now, you... You had some crazy takes about the running backs last year, but we'll have you back on to talk about running backs and probably before then anyway, so you can give us your crazy takes about the because you are running back. You are a one man running back, you. But uh you also you got Keaton Mitchell. I'll give you that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But uh 
Debo Emery's like Danny Cannell. He keeps receipts. He's out there telling people when he gets he gets it right. He doesn't talk about when he gets it wrong, but he talks. No, I want you know. to hear from Debo. Like, what else surprised you in the first half? Because to Ryan's point, I felt like maybe I was a little bit too eager to take that trade. Did I? You know, because you know, I, I was kind of happy to take the trade. Do you think I, I, I did enough? You know. No, I mean, were you getting calls from any other teams? Were you eager to take that call from the Giants? Well, I was eager to take any call. But <laughs> since the Giants call, like say to Ryan, I, I watch you guys all the time. And I watched the the, the trade Ryan did with Washington. That, it was a fantastic trade. It walked you through every reason why he did it. The way he did it, it made so much sense. But if I'm, you know, the Bears, I'm like, all right, Washington's giving me these picks. And – do I get Terry McLaurin too? You know what I'm saying? Because I, I want known assets. And when yeah. so when the Giants called, it's like I know they're gonna jerk around Saquon <laughs> with the money but once again. Let me get Saquon out of there and get him to a spot where the mobile quarterback is gonna aid his his running room, and he's a great receiver. So I probably maybe was a little bit too eager to take that call because I know if they're gonna dump. Let me Saquon, let me ask you this too though. You were okay trading down far enough where you don't get uh marvin but you do have malik neighbors there right because i feel like to your we we talked about this before where i view neighbors as someone that can just do a lot of different things extremely well i view marvin harrison the same way but i feel like neighbors is a little bit more explosive a little bit more dynamic um Mm -hmm. so I, i would like him more than marvin harrison now, if I had to take Marvin Harrison at one, you saw I almost jumped the gun. It was just about yeah, to take you, him at you are, one. you weren't even going to wait. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, just give me the best player. Give me the give me the guys yeah, that's going to help me win, true. right? So, but if I had a chance to work it down and wait, let's see if I can get – because that's what it's going to come down to, how the scouts grade in that room, how the scouts grade the receivers. If Marvin Harrison is a 90 and Malik Neighbors is a 89.5, okay, cool. Let's give me the 89.5 then. But if it's Malik Neighbors – you know, was a was a you know an eighty three, going from ninety to eighty three. That's a big difference. So let me take the ninety. You know, and I think that's where the scouting rooms go. Hey, okay, how close are these guys? Because we could probably. Would you be comfortable with this guy, or do we have to get this guy? Because if they're willing to move off uh, to stick with Justin Fields, and they have those conversations where it's not clear who the number one is, you can trade down to seven or eight and not worry about Marvin, and your dude's still going to be there, and you're going to get more draft haul. The more they move yep. down, the more you get. That's what they found out last year when they moved from one number one to number nine. It was, I would say there were two teams that used to do this a lot. Um, for, for a good stretch, they had like two first-round picks because they kept trading down to pick up another first. I want to say it was either New Orleans and or the Jets or Miami. I feel like one of those three used to do this for like the last three to four. Maybe it was New Orleans. They used to do this like every year to where they're going to they're gonna get another first next year for trading down from the one of the two firsts that they had. And the right. Bears in a situation of where they're able to do that, and it's just currency, especially with the quarterbacks this year. They can get a player and um, picks, and that's what I would want: players and picks. Well, it worked out for me. Worked out for you, and hopefully, it worked out for the people that that watch this. And they, they're not too angry at, at you, Emery. They're always mad at me. We're going to have to be uh, keeping an eye, I think, as as the draft props come out, that first defensive player drafted. I mm-hmm. mean, as you guys explained, there's there's a ton of offensive needy teams at the top. Based on that, like right now, it feels like a, a six and a half, seven and a half over under for that first defensive player off the board. But 
I'm curious when when that line officially comes out, probably in a couple weeks. Oh, that's a good point. If it's a couple weeks, especially, that's a good point. Right, because think about it. A couple weeks would be like the combine, or that's no. That'll be the senior. A couple weeks will be the senior bowl. It'll be before the end of the end of the super. uh, Before we might get it a little closer to the combine, but um, that's just something to look out for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. I'll say this. Debo's had his best show ever on with the first pick, so I'm glad he saved it for this episode. <laughs> I was getting a little worried about it. He'd been slacking in recent years. I mean, Rick does give that poor man a hard time, so I'm glad. Maybe this it's the break from Rick that's made Debo up his game. So You had to all bring you. up uh, Rick drafting Justin Jefferson, which is the only win that he ever had over the Eagles. Oh. <laughs> the way they treat poor Rick. Oh, man. Get, getting the, the, the right lefts, the uppercuts in the, in the, in yeah. the mix. I would cut. say that to his face as well, just to be clear. And I have. He got muscles, though, Debo. He got muscles. So I mean, you know. Yeah. I love that Rick's not here, so we just make fun of him. Hey, Rick did fail the steroid test. That's why he's not here. Let's be real. He here's, doesn't have Here's the Rick challenge. Um, <laughs> if he wants to hear people talking trash about him, he has to be able to find the podcast <laughs> on his phone, which I know isn't happening. I think it was Debo. Did you have to take his phone, Debo, and subscribe? Yeah, to I ran into him in the office, and he's like, how the heck do I listen to myself? <laughs> And that was a, a 20 minute conversation. So that's where we are. All right, Rick, I'm glad you're listening to this show. The year's probably 2028 when you finally got around to it, but I hope you're doing okay. All right, that's it. That's a wrap. Thanks to our guy, Emery, for joining us. That was great, Emery. That was good stuff, man. I think we mixed it up a little bit. Get the fans riled up. At FB Game Plan on Twitter. That's right, right? F Ball. F Ball Game Plan. That's where you need to send uh, your, your concerns about this mock draft. And uh, don't send it to me. But, Emory, thank you for joining us, brother. Have fun at the Hula Bowl. I'll see you in a couple weeks in Mobile, Alabama. Thanks to Debo for producing and all the fun facts. And we'll be back Tuesday, maybe even an appearance from Mr. Spielman. We'll see. We'll see you guys then. Have a good weekend.